When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's Friday rolling on. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. As noted in hour one, I'll note in hour two. Pre-record today happened just a couple hours before the show began. Uh, scheduling, traveling, all that good stuff. But we've got fresh content either way. I just have to tell you for purposes of the FCC. So there you go. You know what? I had, the, I had a crazy dream last night, Tom. I dreamt last night that for something I said on the air... The police came to the studio to question me because somebody alleged that I threatened them or something bizarre like that, and it felt like the realest thing in the world. I woke up this morning startled at 4.30. I was like, what? What is going on? What have I said? What have I done? Turns out nothing. Everything's fine. It's okay. I just, it's weird. That's the first. I don't have dreams. I've never asked you this. I don't have dreams about broadcasting ever, ever. Oh, Really? Okay. So first of all, I would say that if you were going to get arrested, it's because of all that package talk yesterday. That would be why the cops <laughs> show up to your house. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have I have work nightmares that have graduated by my job yeah. from place to place. So the one, the, the classic one was when I was on the, the sandwich line at the McAllister's in the mall back in the day, that ticker, you know, the receipt printer, like dee, 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 dee. I would mm-hmm. see it and it would just not stop. And it's rush, and you've got not enough ingredients, and it's just anxiety-ridden. Calculus class back in high school, I still have that one. Somehow, I'm a fraud in calculus, and it undoes everything that's happened since then in my life, so I have to go back oh. and fix it. <laughs> it's That one's tough. That one's always tough. But I do have a the instruments are not working. This broadcast is not going out over yeah. the air. Or F-bombs were uttered because the instruments went hot when they shouldn't have nightmares. Those happen maybe three or four times a year, but they're always harrowing. And we have a a software system that is still used at at Real Talk that we had back in the day at our previous places called NextGen. Mm -hmm. And I will have I will see that screen with the black and the green clock and it just goes dead. And you're looking at me with horror because it's a big broadcast. And it's just yeah. paralyzingly, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it happens. It does. I have work nightmares, yes. You you would be more apt, and I think uh, understandably so, to have those nightmares because you're producing the show. Yeah. Whereas 
I am just talking. I, I'm a talking head. It's what I do. I'm a host, right? And I've always thought the pressure is on a producer. Once you get a comfort level on the mic and you get a comfort level in organizing a show in your mind and outlining one on paper and having an understanding of how to get people in and out of segments and how not to talk yourself into a corner and how to avoid certain broadcast peril, you can then kind of come in and do that with the tacit understanding of how to do a broadcast. Whereas there's something different every day when you're producing a show, something goes wrong, something, a commercial fires that's not supposed to. And I've always thought that you guys are under more pressure than me. So I can see why you would have that, because if something does go wrong, the host, no matter who it is, me or anybody else, is looking at the producer to save them because you're stuck. You're out there. Your ass is in the wind and you need that producer to ensure that things are working well and you work both sides of it. So, you know, that feeling, too. So you would incorporate that while also knowing it's incumbent upon you to fix this situation so that your host can go on and get things done. Yeah, the thing is, as you get older, and this is, it's akin to watching a quarterback who the light bulb comes on for, you get in those situations and you handle the, yeah, you handle the panic, like you still feel it, but you're able to flush it or contain it and then make a decision. And then as you get older still, you realize, all right, if we've got 30 seconds of chaos here in the grand scheme, that's not a huge deal. Whereas in the beginning, five seconds of chaos is enough to make you just want to wet your pants. And so you, you get more and more poised as time goes along because you realize there's a grander picture, but it's not always easy to do, especially if you're on live remote. That's the toughie. That one's got to get fixed quicker. That's usually why if you see us at a broadcast at a corner pocket bar and grill or an indigo and something doesn't go right, if your boy over here is a little afraid when the show is over, the come down is a real thing when there's when there are problems that you got to deal with. Yeah, I, I think it's funny since we're talking inside baseball, the weirdest thing to get used to is the pauses between points or segments or, uh, you know, transitioning from a segment to uh, a topic to another topic within a segment. When you first start broadcasting, the three seconds of dead air while you collect your thoughts feels like a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. You are scared to death that the audience is like, come on, man, speak. But in fact, they really probably need you to slow down and you have to get comfortable with the nothingness. You have to get comfortable with the, the silence. And there's something antithetical to getting comfortable with silence when you're in a broadcast. <laughs> so yeah. it is really strange to do that, but it's, you can always yeah. tell when you listen to young broadcasters, you're like, man, that, that guy's not going to let this breathe at all. He's right. scared to death. He's got to keep talking through all 13, 17 minutes of this segment. Yeah. You say time is slower than you think it is. It's a great piece of advice, but it's like to the musicians out there and whether you're classically trained or you're in a band that, you know, you play gigs on the weekends, you understand what it is to find your timing. And when you do, you can get lost in it in a good way. And then you can riff off of it. And it, it's almost freeing, but you got to find that rhythm. It's to writers out there too. You got to find your voice until you do. Everything is really difficult, but once you do, then you get to have fun with it and experiment with it. Somebody noted last hour at the end of the last segment, we were talking about those teams and whether or not you'd put them on a tier ahead of Florida State, and I mentioned Michigan, which they've had back-to-back -back college football playoff experience uh, games. Uh, obviously, one of them, they got blown out by Georgia. The other one was a pretty monumental upset over TCU. So not good, but it is certainly good to get there two years in a row. But you know something I didn't bring up when we were talking about that is this ongoing NCAA infractions case 
with Michigan. And I want to bring this up, not because I care at all about the NCAA and the procedure that is involved here, and not because um, there has been a prolonged path to resolution on this deal, um, but because Jim Harbaugh makes it impossible for things to go smoothly no matter where he works, whether it's Stanford or with the 49ers or now with Michigan. I mentioned the offseason dalliance every year, and he had it again this year with the NFL, but he has had refusal in these meetings multiple meetings with the NCAA this week to acknowledge that he'd lied to the NCAA investigators um, during the course of this investigation. During an attempt to expedite the case and achieve, quote, negotiated resolution, Jim Harbaugh refused to acknowledge that he lied to the NCAA investigators. He has maintained that he doesn't remember. That's the, that's the argument he's going with. He doesn't remember the incident in question. So Yahoo Sports reported um, th about these two meetings and that Harbaugh had lied likely would have led to him had he just admitted that he lied to a multi-game suspension. He faces now NCAA violation level one. The initial investigation into Michigan included four level two recruiting violations, far less significant, slap on the wrist, we move along. But because Harbaugh's pride would not allow him to look the investigators in the face and tell them he lied when they questioned him about these violations. They now, he basically walked out of the room. They now have now elevated this to a level one. And so why do I bring any of this up? A, it's funny that my man's just like, no, not going to tell you that I lied. We have you dead to rights that you lied. There is overwhelming evidence. The players told us this happened. You did have, uh, in essence, illegal contact with recruits during a time that you couldn't. We know you did this. They're telling us you did this. We've got assistant coaches saying that it happened, and you're telling us you don't remember doing it. That's a lie. We need you to admit this so we can move forward and have a resolution. He says he won't do that. Imagine being his athletic director. Imagine being in that situation where they could, they want to move on. The NCAA kind of knows they're powerless to some degree. They know that it's not that big a deal what he did. They just want you to admit that you did it. They're confronting you with the evidence that they have you dead to rights, that you did this. And you are a horse's ass because your pride won't let you admit that you lied because he's another one of these guys like Jimbo who will tell you that their honor is more important than anything. Their reputation is more important than anything. And yet, no matter where they are on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis, they do something to besmirch and impugn their own integrity. The very thing they'll fight you for, despite evidence suggesting that they did do the things they're accused of or lied about the things they said they, they didn't do. It's remarkable. I would hate that guy. And it appears everybody eventually grows to hate Jim Harbaugh. He must be the worst. So at some point, that has got to have an effect on the program, right? Yeah. And again, you know, I was saying at the end of last hour, you're rooting, a, you know, you, you have a rooting guide now with all of these other teams. So anytime there's dysfunction, anytime there's an upset, Anytime there's an ugly win that has no excuse, these are all good things for Florida State as perception is going to be somewhat of a deciding factor to get you into the top four. Like if we were in that 12-team playoff, then I'd feel really good about us being in the playoff before the season even kicks off, but we're not. It's the last year of the 14 playoff, so anytime that if he gets suspended for multiple games and that causes inefficiencies, it's great news for us. It's just it's nice to feel this way again because the only thing that we've been doing and focusing on outside of Florida State is if our rivals are failing 
and you take some joy in that. Right. But right. now you're you're looking at the grand scope of college football and the contenders, and you're saying what will weaken their chances in the 2023 season. It looks like Harbaugh is inventing a way to weaken Michigan's chances in the 2023 season. And look, man, that guy is equal parts DB, and I'm not talking defensive back, and weird. That's who he is. He slept in the bedrooms of recruits. Remember that five, six years oh, ago? Yeah, that was very he, strange. Yes. He slept overnight in, in the rooms of 17 and 18 year olds that he was recruiting. Their bedrooms on the floor. I forgot what? about that. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't raise to the level of Michael Jackson at Neverland, but it certainly is odd to have sleepovers as an adult. <laughs> You know, son, I've, you know, I, we've talked so much. I feel like we've grown closer together. I really, really think you're going to be something in our offense. It's, you know what? We'll hit on it tomorrow. We'll talk more tomorrow. Let's, Let's get, get some, some shut eye. What do you say? Let's coach, what are you, eye. coach, what are you doing? No, no, no. It's fine. I slept on a lot of floors in my lifetime. It's no big deal. Let's flip off the lights. Lights out, young man. Let's go. 6 a.m. We'll be talking. I do need a blanket. I do. I, can I get a blanket? You guys got an extra blanket around here that I could, uh... like, would it shock you that Jim Harbaugh had an alarm, like an old alarm clock that he brought with him? And then it, as it goes off, he's already up. So he's staring and hovering over the bed at the recruit <laughs> and saying, all right, young man, there's no snoozing in Ann Arbor. You got to get up. You know, like just what a strange guy. And then also in the Orange Bowl in 16, when he used the two timeouts, when we know that the clock is going to run, I'm like, you, okay. Yeah, he's all right, that's that's who the hell you are. I got you, man. Understood loud and clear. Petty, 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 and really absurdly an ass. I do think it's also awesome that uh, their uh, co-offensive coordinator, Matt Weiss, uh, on leave amid a police investigation into a report of computer access crimes at the team's football facility. Um, obviously, I would suggest his future with the program is in doubt, but I do. I love it. I want to know what that is. What was he doing? What are, you, what are you doing on the computer there, Matt? So computer access fraud? It is called uh, into computer access crimes. Okay. So this is so, what this looks like. Michigan co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss placed on leave, according to the athletic department, um, because the report of computer access crimes occurred in December at the team's football facility. The University of Michigan Police Department acknowledged in a statement to ESPN earlier this week that it's investigating a potential crime at Schimbeckler Hall, by the way. I love that, Bo Schimbeckler Hall. I wonder if that says hallowed. The police released that statement to ESPN when asked specifically about the investigation into Weiss. The statement does not acknowledge anyone by name. The spokesman said Weiss has not been with the team or in the building since. Uh, a police spokesman said the department couldn't share any additional information because they're investigating the ongoing crime. In a statement to ESPN, Weiss said, I'm aware of the ongoing investigation by the University of Michigan Police Department. I am fully cooperating. I look forward to the matter being resolved out of respect for the integrity of the investigation, I will not have any further comments at this time. All right. So you had unmarked police cars show up outside of uh, Matt Weiss's home in what appeared to be, uh, well, it, it, like basically they went into his house to get his computer stuff there too. Now, I don't know what any of this is, and I guess 
From the University Police Online Daily Crime Log on January 5th, they they received a report of fraudulent activity involving someone accessing university emails and accounts without authorization. What's he doing? I don't know. So when you said it initially, my first thought was, well, if we had a Jared from Subway issue here, they'd just come out and say that that's what that is. Um, If they had a Cardinals Astros issue with espionage, you know, and and trying to learn trade secrets from other college football programs, somebody would have leaked it from the other side. Like Ohio State, for example, would say uh, they would call up their favorite reporter and say, that's that's what the hell that's about. He was trying to crack into our film and our database and whatever. So this. Is this mean he's got a relationship with a co-ed and he's trying to spy on them? Does it mean that? Uh, there's an academics issue and he was trying to find transcript information that wasn't allowed to be seen by him. I, I don't know, but that, that can't be good. <laughs> if you've got a, if you've got a sting and a raid at your home, that's not good. No, I always feel like if the FBI police department of any kind show up at your house and they want to seize your computer, it, nothing good's going to come of that, man. Nothing's going to come of that. Also, I continue to be amazed at how many people, because you guys out there, you know the deal. I'm a true crime guy. You guys are too. How many of these people research the crime they're about to commit on their Google? They do it all the time. They're all like, how to hide a body. There's just, they do it all. The, it just happened. It just happened recently. The guy that killed his wife. How to how to dispose of a body. Uh can they charge? Can can someone be charged with a crime or murder if their body is found? This guy's just googling this before killing his wife. He's like, dude, you know they have access to these things. They can check your computer just because you hit. Oh no no, I'm gonna do this on ghost mode. I'm gonna do. This. <laughs> no man, it's all there. Dumbasses. It's awesome. Man, I'll tell you, without going into great detail, um, some of the stuff that I've done behind, you know, as a servant of the community in jury duty you learn like investigations these days i know you can find it by watching uh murder uh documentaries right and for and on forensics and the capabilities love it. love it not just forensics but tracking of location the technology that investigative units use these days to track your location is so precise it's nuts and well, then on top of it if you're going to do that and then also google how to melt a body did the Breaking Bad trick work in the bathtub? Is that a real thing? I mean, like, good Christmas. I'm glad people are stupid. Otherwise, we'd have a lot more unsolved mysteries out there. Well, if you walk around, if you own a cell phone, you, 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 you don't have privacy. Everybody can find out exactly where you are at all times. We've had this discussion before, but I always laugh at this. Like, unless I'm code breaking or something, I mean, I'm not trying to find out where everybody is, but we have it. I, when I, when my kids got cell phones, I was like, look, man, here's the deal. You can have a cell phone, but I'm going to track where you are. You have to turn that on. I have to be able to find out where you are at all times. And then my wife goes, we should put that on our phones. And I go, no, 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 we shouldn't. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, a, a friend of ours from the old, old days, an old engineer friend of ours at the AM dial. Yeah. He was right. He was right about all of it. Oh, and yeah. that was it. That was in the era of the flip phone. And yeah. he's like, no, you don't want one of these new ones. Yeah. Not if you want to live your own life and not have people know where you are. <laughs> yeah. You were right, sir. Yeah. We thought he was insane because he was paranoid about everything. And he always thought somebody was watching you. That shouldn't be Jeff Cameron show 93, three real talk radio war chant TV. <laughs> 
What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I'm going to read something to you, Tom. It's a quote, and it made me smile because other people think like I think. Here you go. This is good. It's involving uh, Casey Roddick. I would invite everybody to go to warchant.com and look at Corey Clark's article about Casey Roddick. But, uh, and you can read for yourself what makes this kid uh, interesting and fun. And um, it's pretty cool, pretty cool. But here you go. This is, this is what's great. And I, I cracked up laughing. Other than him pointing out a graduate assistant in Williams and an analyst in Fertitta, those guys deserve love, too. There's really nothing all that unique about this quote, right? We've read or heard from some form of it reported repeatedly for the last couple of years. But keep reading, because while I think what Norvell is building here is potentially quite special, I also think he may have landed a very special person in Roddick. It got to the point on Thursday after listening to him speak for 12 minutes that I had to ask him what he wanted to do with his life after football. Sounds like he could do just about anything he wants. Maybe be a senator, maybe a CEO, heck. Maybe an analyst for war chant. Anything's possible, Casey. Dream. Here was his answer. I see myself being a general manager of an organization. That was another opportunity that steered me to Florida State. Jason Garrett's brother is on staff here. <laughs> yes. Yes. No way. That is the you know quote. What's funny is I watched the Zoom, but was that off of the off of the Zoom? I didn't hear that part. Maybe I, I was I'd zoned out. He was really, really good yesterday, but you've got to be kidding me. That's gold. He did it. He did it. I'm gonna read it again. 
<laughs> I see myself being a general manager of an organization. That was another opportunity that steered me to Florida State. Jason Garrett's brother is on staff here, and that's a big reason why I wanted to come to Florida State. <laughs> if you're John Garrett, you hate me and now this kid and everybody else who only refers to you as Jason Garrett's brother, which means, John, you hate everybody because you are Jason Garrett's brother. <laughs> I wasn't wrong on this. Oh, man. So Casey's going to go up to him and say, John, can't, I'm so thrilled to meet you. Oh, awesome. Tell me about your brother. Yeah, can <laughs> I talk to you about Jason for a second? <laughs> oh, it's great. I um, hope that this that this arc ends with, you know, years from now, three, five years, multiple successful seasons here at Florida State, championship seasons, and then John Garrett is our offensive coordinator. Come on, man. It feels like it's locked. This is fate. He's going to be the OC here, and we get to go through this all again, and he'll keep the receipts and say, I remember what you guys said in 2022, 2023. I don't think that's going to happen, Tom. And I <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, I'm sure John and Jason love each other very, very much and get along swimmingly. This isn't quite the same as Jose and Ozzie Guillen where I used to envision Thanksgiving dinners. So, Jose, how are things going in the major leagues? And then the answer is 30 minutes long. Ozzy, how are the St. Pete Cardinals? Are you still playing ball? <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, Ozzy Gann did play for the St. Pete Cardinals when I was a, a younger lad. I saw him walking around St. Pete all the time. These days you can find him here in town teaching hitting over at one of the local places off of Capitol Circle. Occasionally, cool. yeah. That's occasionally, cute. I he he's a spitting image of Jose. You, huh. you, yeah, spitting image. When you see him, you think it's Jose Canseco until somebody points out that it's not. Um, well, uh, yeah, I want I want to bet on the Canseco brothers. I've told you that story before in in South Tampa. I said that's not Jose, that's his brother. How much you want to bet? And I got a fair bar tab out of it. And we walked up to him, and he was great. He was super nice. It was at McDinton's, in fact, in uh, South Tampa. I like McDittens. Uh, by the way, I, I think he's probably used to that. Are you Jose Canseco? No, no, I'm a lesser known Ozzy Canseco. It's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I'm not upset about uh, his career at all. It's been fine. Hey, at least they have it better than Jack's family. And by Jack, we all know I'm talking about Jack Nicholas. Like, you know, because Jackie Jr. tried to play. Gary tried to play. And they were, I mean, very good golfers. But anytime they sat down at the Thanksgiving table, you know, like, hey, you know, I finished 10th again. And Jack's probably like, yeah, you did. Like, great. That's wonderful. <laughs> know how many times I finished in the top 10? Because that's who Jack is. Jack will tell you all his records. How many top 10s I had by the time I was 24? More than you have times 10. Anyway, so, pass the butter. Pass the butter. Thank you. As somebody who has interviewed uh, his family members and sons in particular, uh, I will tell you, though, in fairness to Jack, uh, that they – have nothing but great things to say about the way he handled his success with them. Um, and I think the best thing anybody could ever say about Jack, and I found this out through Trey doing interviews with Jack and his kids, um, is that he was truly a guy who never wanted to play more than two weeks in a row because he wanted to be home to see his kids. Yeah. And he would call them after every round. And he, on Sundays, like, I, I think I told you the story where, he won the U.S. Open by a stroke, 
and had to birdie the last two holes and called home because he was going to be late flying back to talk to his son before he went to bed. And he never mentioned that he had just won. So I got to, I got to give him a little bit of credit for that. Right. Like that's, that's a big deal. (laughs) Yes. He, he strived to find the balance. Like Rory picked his brain about that as Rory was searching for the, the work-life balance of being a tour player and, you know, a superstar who everybody wants something from. So yes, there is a positive to it, but Jack will (laughs) never allow a moment to pass without talking about in some passive or very direct fashion. Yeah. His accolades. Have you ever shared the story about the parking space before as it relates to Jack? You don't have to, but this was uh, when you got to meet him in person and there was something about a parking space. I've always found that to be freaking hilarious. Yeah, no, I'm not going to share it, but I... (laughs) Jack is... Jack. Hey, listen, I got to tell you, there aren't... I will just say this really quickly. I did get to meet him more than once, and I and I and I met him and I met him at Augusta, obviously, in, in one of the cabins, which is still the coolest thing that this job has ever afforded me the opportunity to do. That and be on the field with you before the Rose Bowl on the field, walking on the field, even though we lost to Oregon, that was the coolest thing ever with the San Gabriel Mountains behind us, just walking around there on the Rose Bowl field, going, Holy Jesus, I'm standing on the Rose Bowl field. This yeah. is incredible. You and I also got to cover the Stanley Cup Finals. So that, those are all high watermarks for me. Um, but I would say that uh, Jack may very well be, uh, Tom, and, and we've both been around some pretty famous guys because of the job. Jack may be the only guy I've been around like in a, where I had an opportunity to speak to the person, not just see them, where I got nervous. You feel every bit of that man's legacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and he's a, he's a tiny little dude now. Like these days, he's, he's shrunk. I'm, you know, he used to be strapping and all that. They, for a golfer, they used to say, you, you get around Jack now, he's tiny. He's a little old man. And yet you're in awe when you stand next to him. You're, I mean, like I was almost speechless. Think about that, how much I talk. And I was nearly speechless. I was kind of like, ooh, this, this feels different. I think that would be the case. And I'll just, this is kind of an interesting topic. I think that would be the case if either one of us got a direct in the room interview with Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about like a one on one? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Wouldn't you be what nervous? Are you gonna, what are you going to say to him? You know, hey, Tiger, look, I do this great impression of you. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? no. So Tiger would make me nervous. And I also get a sense that Mike wouldn't make it easy on you, Jordan. I, don't, I, don't think- I I'd be able to handle that one much better, much better because as a Knicks fan, as a kid, screw that guy. So I'd be snarky right back to him. And of course it wouldn't play because he's Michael Jordan and I'm me, but I would handle that so much better with tiger. I'd be because of the second chapter, you know, the most recent chapter of his life and his career, he became I never a, was a huge type. He did. He was not a, he, he was, he was unbelievable. Like, don't get me wrong, but I never really cared for, the way that he would res- lack the respect for the golf course at times and stuff like that, where I'm like, dude, you're the best in the world. You don't have to drag your putter across a green. Like, let's, let's, right. you don't have to be Sergio. You're better than Sergio. Don't be Sergio Tiger. But then in this second iteration, he's just so damn lovable, even flawed. He's still flawed big in a big way. I was going to say bigly. Can you believe that? Please don't uh, let him do that. I never, <laughs> yeah, yeah, never. But that's the thing is that, that last masters. I mean, that's the stuff that 
makes you want to weep as you're watching well, it happen. You're like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And that's such a cliche thing to say, but that's what I was with my wife. We were watching. He's going to do this. Yeah. And then the ball is coming down the hill on 16. You're like, oh my God, that might go in. Yeah. He might jar it. Like, <laughs> oh. I would be I would be a wreck if I tried to interview Tiger. It's still one of my favorite moments in in the history of sport. Is that Masters that that is still? I saw a hilarious meme the other day, and it was so perfectly suited. It applied to me and probably men of my age and you. You're an old soul and a golfer. Uh, it's a woman going, "What do men want?" And then underneath it, for Tiger Woods to win another major. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. If he's coming down on Sunday, yeah. it's it's Amen Corner. He gets through it. Birdie's 13, and he's within a shot. You're oh, like, my. I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. You know, one of the worst moments in the Rocky franchise, and you can choose a bunch of them, is in three, I want to say it is. or No, it's four. She gets up, and he's about to beat Drago. You're going to do it. And oh, I'm like, oh, sh- sit down and shut up. Yeah. But you know what? I'm Adrian. When Tiger is on 16, like, you're going to do it. <laughs> we all are. We all are Adrian. If he's in the mix with three holes to play, like to the point where we're doing the thing with our hands over our mouths, like, come on. <laughs> okay. So before that major was won, he was in contention and in the lead on a Sunday at the British. Yes. I was in London. And so we, we're walking. We find a casino. God bless London. Yeah. I find uh, there's like one the, on every corner, Tom. It's the Carlsberg's Lounge. How mm. European is that? So I find the Carlsberg's Lounge. We sit down to watch the Sunday of the Open. Had no idea. He was, I mean, he was in contention. We sit down. He's in the lead. I, I about fell out of my chair when the leaderboard went up. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, he's winning. You've yeah. got to be kidding me. <laughs> he might do it one more time, too. I, he might do it one more time. Uh, nobody's ever going to doubt him. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't have uh, a, le- a working leg. He is missing one of the legs. Yep. <laughs> doesn't matter. He won a U.S. Open without a working leg, and he played 19 holes on a Monday to do it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, we got to go and get our picks in. Uh, me and Mom do, so I'll segue to that next. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. It is Libations Friday, and that, of course, means it's time for Picks segment with Mom. If you would, Tom, cue it up, and let's get these picks going. And now for another edition of the family pick, Nick. Go to your room! My the meatloaf! Take it away, Jeffrey. And in a way we go, the number is six. Mom last week selected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. I had no faith in the home team. It took the Dallas Cowboys, and unfortunately... I was right, and that may be the end of the day for you, Mama. Welcome in. Love you. Good to see you, as always. Thank you. I know. I um, I really did think we had an opportunity, and like we spoke about, if the beginning of the game had not gone the way it did, we may have at least been in the game. I mean, it was uh, it was hard to watch. Well, I actually didn't watch it. After the third quarter, 
I, well, I did. I go back and forth. I was watching something else because I was like, this is obviously not going to end well. But um, anyway, I still love the Bucks, but we've got to we've got to make some upgrades in in some situations. And now that we've fired the whole offensive uh, staff, maybe maybe that will happen. Yeah, we'll see who Bowles brings in. Leftwich is ousted along with others, and that's fine. That's a good thing. And now we move on. And you don't have to be nervous anymore, Mom. You just watch these games and enjoy yourself. I know. I know. That's one of the that's that's one of the bright spots about not continuing on. I can just enjoy them and have my cocktails and my food. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whenever well, I'm watching them, I can't. I'm so nervous. I can't do anything. 4.30 on NBC, we have the Jaguars on the road against the juggernaut Kansas City Chiefs. As much as you may want to, you're not taking the Jags, are you? I, I'm not, and I do want to take them. I though, In the remaining teams, I'm really either rooting for them or Buffalo. Those are my two that I would really like to, to see uh, move on. But anyway, I I don't think it's impossible, but I'm taking Kansas City. It'd be hard not to take Kansas City. This will be interesting. Let's see who you go with. We've got the Giants at the Eagles. That is the 8-15 game tomorrow on Fox. I'll tell you what. I am taking the Giants. I think the Giants are hot right now. I really do. And I'm not sure about Jalen Hurts and if he's – I know he's – I think he's going to play. Well, but he's playing for sure, yeah. Yeah, but we don't know, you know, how good he's going to play and if he would re-injure – his shoulder or whatever, but I really think the Giants are, you know, sometime out when a team just gets on a roll and they, I tell you what, they really looked really good last week. I'd like to believe that's true, Mom, but the reason the Giants looked so good last week is that the Minnesota Vikings have a defense comprised of children. They couldn't stop anybody. <laughs> I uh, I look, that's their problem all season long. If they didn't score a bunch, they lost. So I think the Eagles defense is a different animal. I hope you're right. It was cool to see Danny Dimes out there playing the way that he did, and uh, it's a good story. Uh, but I, I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles. But you're right to take the Giants because you got to try to gain some ground that's here. Right. And make I got to gain some ground, so that's right. But anyway, but I think that is a, a, a good possibility, so I'm taking the Giants. All right, here's the game of the day. Should be a good one. Sunday at 3 o'clock, we've got the Bengals at the Bills. I know it. I think this is going to just be really something. I am taking Buffalo, though. I am. I but I really think this is a coin flip. I'm taking Buffalo as well. I hope Josh Allen plays better than he did last week. I didn't think Josh Allen looked good last week. Well, they're rolling along 17 to nothing. The game is over, and then he throws that stupid pick, and then later he has the strip sack fumble. And yeah, yeah he tried to personally give the Dolphins an opportunity to win a game they had no business winning. Buffalo ended up outgaining Miami by over 200 yards. It was silly. Um, but yeah, you turn the ball over, teams can be in it. So it will be fascinating. I will say about that game, I don't know that Cincinnati looked any better. What in the world were they doing hanging around with Baltimore? Sorry ass. Yeah, I know Baltimore doesn't even have a quarterback and Lord knows their defense, you know, kept them in it, but no, I know I, they didn't, but I, I just, I just feel like I've been upset about Buffalo since last year with that whole overtime thing and all of that i really want them to get to the super bowl if we're not going to get there i want them to get there final one a classic matchup has been for 40 years and that is the cowboys at the 49ers um should be a fun football game i think this has a chance to be one of the most compelling of the bunch 
I know it. I'm taking San Fran at home. I, Dallas did look really good against us, but that was against us. So yeah. um, I, uh, I, and I don't know this whole Purdy thing. That's quite the story. But uh, I like, I like San Francisco. So I'm taking them. I'm taking them as well. So you only have a chance to gain one game on me this week, Mama, unfortunately. So you've got the Giants to pull the upset over the Eagles. And if you I get do. it, you'll be within five. I know. I know. Oh, well, it's still fun. It's still fun to pick them. I love you very much. Have a great weekend. Thank you. I love you too. Y'all have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye to Mom. And uh, we have the picks again. It is me up six. Mom taking the Giants. This is a wrap, guys. She should have gone oppo on every one of them. But, you know, how can you do it, right? I mean, if you don't think somebody's going to win, you got to you kind of kind of pick an upset in every game. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 wrapping it up on a libations friday ready for a cold one Woo! there is no rule there's no rule i could in theory just pop one here right now tom could too from the prison up there in new york he can do it. You look <laughs> Wait a far, minute. Yeah, no, better setting today. Yeah, well, I've actually, so as you know, uh, and anybody who's traveled to Manhattan, even when they say that uh, a hotel has a suite, it's, you know, a lot smaller than your standard suite in, say, Orlando Correct. or right. any other place in the world. So I'm cramped. We've got a two-bedroom in here, which I like on the road because the beds are never, yeah, they're always yeah, weird. No, anyway, I'm with you. I got this ottoman propped up on the bed and it has my computer on it and I'm using pillows and I'm sure you could see it. There you go. To yeah. prop up my back in such a way that it's not going to lock up on me before we go walking five and six miles today. This is, this is like just getting creative, you know, just like these triangles behind me. You just got to get a little creative and, and the setup is much better though, because you're correct. It does not look like I'm either giving a deposition yeah. or in visiting hours. Yeah. Yeah, no, today looks a lot better. Today looks like you're comfy. Looks like it. Uh, I know it's not real cold in New York right now, but if it were, it looks like that could be a place where you could just cozy on up and watch a little TV. Not that you'd want to while you're in New York City, but I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, the plate. Well, the place I'm going tonight for the next couple of nights is along the beach. So you're going to have that extra damp cold with the breeze. So mm, no bueno. But how about a nice mahogany laden dark Irish pub to retire to? That's so where you we're going. are speaking to a man who has a strange affinity for uh, mahogany pubs, Irish Guinness, darkness, all of it. I love it. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I am so happy for you and envious all at the same time because I can't think of anywhere I'd rather be than at that bar with you tonight, buddy. That, that would be. Well, except for you could be at that bar with me tomorrow to watch the Giants and the Eagles. Come on. It's because it's they've got a sports bend to them. They even have, it's such an Irish place. They have uh, hurling. Like people show oh. up early on, on the weekends to watch hurling. So. When I was in Ireland, I saw hurling and thought I would fall in love with this sport if I lived yep. here. I mean, yep. it's incredible. It incorporates all the goodness. You, yeah. It's basically soccer, hockey, rugby, football. It's all of it. It's it, it's just a, a, a lot of ass kicking, a lot of uh, hand eye coordination, a lot of a lot of speed, hitting, space. All it's all the things we love. I, I was very impressed with it. In the summer, I was there. Uh, this is a place that we frequent. If we come up here, we always make it over to this particular bar. But there were like three dudes. One was from Ireland. The other two were like first generation off the boat. And they are locked the hell in. They love their counties. And it's just, they go to war. The amount of sports packages that are available is stunning to me. This place has them all. But it gives me hope that if I really wanted to, and I've resolved that I really want to learn about Aussie Rules football and watch oh, it and enjoy it, I'm sure I could find a you know a pay per view package to make sure that we get all the games and we could pick a team together. Maybe maybe we could draft teams. My brother lived in Australia for three years. He would go to the hometown teams games every week. He talked about the tailgates. He talked about the people. He talked about the matchups. I got to where I had a pretty good understanding of it. I've forgotten some of it, but I love it too. I've said for years on the show that I love Australian rules football. By the way, this is tub talk. This is the kind of thing that's happening in the tub right now. It's just it's bubbling away, and we're talking about Australian rules football thanks to our friends at Pinch a Penny. And go get you a tub, everybody. One tub. Yeah. That's all I need you to do. Go get you one tub. I did not take this photo because this is clearly from years and years ago. But here you go. Just a little window into what it looks like here tonight. There it is. Oh, They've got yeah. No sniveling. That's their one rule. Oh, really? That's so good. I love it. <laughs> I want to be right there. Um, yeah, those things call me. Come on in. Come on in, Jeff. You'll never leave. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but alas, it's true. I know my weakness. Um, you know, if you get into the CIA or the FBI or any sort of undercover agency, they they test you. That's how they get me. They're like, oh, we know what to do with this guy. Let's let him walk past a really nice Irish pub and see if he yeah, can resist yep. stopping yep. in. Yeah, something like that. So and this is, you know, a very, uh, it's, it's where my family, look at me. This is where my family comes from. <laughs> it's very Irish, but it's known as the place that pours the best Guinness. And my God, it lives up to the billing. Summer or winter. I actually kind of enjoy Guinness more in the summer than I do the winter, if that makes any sense. It doesn't, but okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, really, there's no bad time for Guinness. We never talked about this, and we're wrapping it up now. It is loosey-goosey. You know, I think it was a very interesting decision for Guinness in America to really go after Joe Montana to be the spokesman, and I think it works. It also makes me think that Guinness is marketing to me. I mean, yeah. they are marketing to me. That is who they're marketing to. Like, who? There are 23-year-olds watching that commercial going, who the hell is this old man talking about Guinness? <laughs> yeah. You know? And it, it well, makes me laugh. Guinness also sponsored PTI forever in a day yet. They're not trying to hit the, the college demo. No. They know that what they're going to float over to college kids are uh, what the Irish will not call a shot. 
uh, but a car bomb on on St. Patrick's Day. You know, that's when they're going to do their business and their volume with kids who are that age. Outside of that, they're going to come around. It's like the PGA Tour. I know the yeah. PGA Tour is trying to get younger, but I mean, come on, man. You it happened to you. It happened to me. Even as much as I love golf, there are some tournaments I just couldn't watch. And now it's one of my top two channels, the golf channel. I don't care what tour is playing. I'm watching the golf channel. GP World Tour for me this morning, buddy. Had it on first thing, 6 a.m. Couldn't wait. Had my coffee going. Watch a little DP World Tour of all and, things. At one point, Luke Donald led. Yeah, and as for Luke freaking Donald, as we've discussed before at Capital City Country Club and other places, You'll watch the women's tour because their distances are the, oh, same. the same. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right, 182. Uh, that looks like you're going to choke down on a five iron here. I'm like, yes, uh, yes, I that's do. what I would do. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Because you're so con- you're so conditioned. Yeah, you hear wedge. You know, you're like, it's wedge, 182. You're like, God yeah. bless. I'll never get there. I saw a shot. We got to go. I saw a shot that Tiger Woods hit. They were showing the 10 best shots he ever hit. There's one that is a pitching wedge. He has to hit over a tree, so he has to have the loft. It's 202. Get he get here. he gets it there. I'm done. Never mind. Never. I'm not going to get nervous for that for that interview. <laughs> All right, good job to uh, Ben and Director Matthew. And for T. Lizzie, I'm Jeff. Be well. Have a great weekend, everybody. We love you. We'll talk to you on Monday right back here. Take care. Peace.